Good morning. Uh, we had a, a request, that, and it was already laid before uh, for us. Uh, Jennifer, we got your message early this morning, so I uh, did want to uh, just just begin before I dive into this sermon uh, to go before a little guy named Jackson, uh, Jennifer Jennifer Thornhill's grandson in Kansas City, uh, just going through some real physical difficulties. So. Uh, uh, Mama Jocelyn and, and Jennifer, we're thinking about you guys and, and grandparents, uh, um, we're, we're thinking about you all. And so we're going to pray for him. I also want to include, I'm going to be praying for Wayne. You know, Wayne's my good buddy uh, who sits up close to the front. He's in the hospital. Uh, I, I think it's just uh, uh, something I want to add him in there as well. Uh, and some other things. We're going to pray over the word as well and what we're about to open up on. I'm excited about it. So uh, let's let's prepare and, and just ask for God's spirit to be working in our hearts. And that's the power of his word. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, we, uh, we praise you uh, for every day that we have. And today we especially praise you here in the Johnson household to be able to come uh, and, and Lord, uh, through, through means of this technology to join together. Lord, though there's a distance between us, we're of same mind and same heart right now as we approach you in this time of worship to sing praises to your name, to have the opportunity to look at your word, and then to lift those loved ones up before us who have concerns and uh, even burdened hearts. And so we pray, Lord, for Jackson right now. Uh, Lord, we don't know every detail of what he's dealing with physically, but Lord, uh, it, was, it was enough concern to take him to Kansas City, so we know it's serious. So we pray, Father, that, that you will bless this young man, strengthen him physically, uh, bless the, uh, the doctors and the nurses in his care. We also lift up to you, Wayne, Lord, right now, and just uh, praise you for Wayne and that good and innocent heart, and, and uh, what a loving uh, brother he is, and we just pray for he and Donna both, and, and Lord, we pray for us as a congregation. We do hope and, and pray for that possibility of us meeting this next Sunday. We, we do hope that happens uh, to where this won't be at a distance through uh, the technology, but uh, that we'll be able to see faces again and, and, and be able to receive that encouragement. God bless your word today. I praise you for Daniel and what we're learning, gleaning from that. I, and, and I believe it's timely. I think there's some encouraging, very encouraging things that we need to hold on today. So Lord, strengthen me in my speech. Uh, but I pray, Father, that out, out from beyond me is the evidence of your word, that it's being presented before us and that we are encouraged through your word. We're strengthened through your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What an advantage it would be to, to know the future, right? Uh, what an advantage it would be to, to know the future. I think that's why uh, there's a lot of fortune tellers today and psychics. You could get online and find someone and you could pay them money and it's worthless. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of people who trust in that and turn to that uh, because I think they're they definitely have to see an advantage in that. I mean, financially, uh, there could be an advantage or even relationships, there could be advantage or uh, maybe their circumstances having the world that's causing us to be fearful. And so there would be an advantage in knowing the outcome or, or maybe even to, to find out what it is that would overcome that. Um, obviously, uh, Nebuchadnezzar early on in Daniel saw, and, and, and the kingdom of Babylon saw the value of knowing the future. That was the wise men. 
You know, it was it was those enchanters and those sorcerers, the magicians and the astrologers. All of those uh, had the potential and, and probably even put on that they were predicting or, or laying out the future for the kingdoms because the kingdom that would know the future had an advantage over all other kingdoms. And, and so Nicodemus, uh, not Nicodemus, Nebuchadnezzar, oh man, Nebuchadnezzar uh, obviously uh, saw the advantage in that. Now, uh, the truth is, I, I want you, and, and this word that we love and that we embrace, uh, God has made his future known. In the Old Testament, God has, has led prophets to speak uh, words that, that would reveal what is to come. I mean, that's how we knew Jesus was coming. I think, I think Daniel even speaks to that this morning. And, and so a lot of those prophecies have been fulfilled. We could see it through the scripture, you know, from Old Testament to New T Testament, seeing uh, things come uh, to pass as, as God had laid it out. And, and there's even uh, just the fact that we uh, are drawn to the book of Revelation. Often, I remember I was a youth minister at one time, and if I ever dared to ask the students, well, what book would you like to study? Always. I Very, very rarely was was it not Revelation. They wanted to, to read Revelation. I believe even as adults, we want to know what's coming. Tell us what all this means and lay it out for us so we can understand, so we can see the future because there's an advantage in knowing the future. And I believe we as believers have an advantage because God has revealed uh, his, some, some future things for us. And, and even in this, this passage today, Daniel chapter 7 uh, Daniel actually has a dream himself, one that is disturbing to him. And, and so I'm going to read part of this and, and, and just kind of go through some of the details of his vision as we begin. First of all, the time. As it begins in verse 1, it says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. I want you to know that this actually takes place before chapter 5 where Belshazzar comes in and he sees the handwriting on the wall, uh, that is actually Belshazzar's uh, final year in reign. So in the first year of Belshazzar's reign, um, king, as king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. Now, the four beasts that came out of the sea, each one Daniel was able to compare to some, some creature he was familiar with, like the first one. The first one was like a lion, and it had wings like an eagle. It had, uh, uh, and then, then the the wings were torn off and and it was given legs that that it could stand like a a, a man it was given to stand and a mind uh like a human the the second one looked like a bear and it was turned up on its side like like in a position of attack and and it had three ribs in its mouth and, and it was told get up and eat your fill of flesh then this third image in his dream this third image came out and it was, it was uh, like a leopard, and it had four wings along with four heads. And, and it was told that, that it's going to be given authority to rule. And, 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 and then the fourth beast, this is the only beast that, that Daniel didn't have some way to describe it. 
The only way he described it says it was terrifying and frightening and powerful. It was not like the other uh, the other beast that came forth. Uh, it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was it it, it had ten horns, and and there came up a small horn that that uprooted three other horns, and and that little horn had eyes and a mouth and it spoke boastfully. And then his after seeing those the image of those four creatures, there was this image of a, a courtroom. Uh, a glorious, actually a heavenly courtroom uh, scene. And uh, he saw the ancient of days. We've already heard that term in Daniel referring to God. And it described his clothing as, as white as snow and his hair as white as wool. And, and he was sitting upon a throne with, with there, where there was flames and, and uh, uh, fire uh, around it. And it, it, it not just a throne room scene, but it, it had this... Uh, imagery of judgment uh, as as this throne room scene is seen and then in verses 11 and 12 there is actually judgment that is pronounced or at least uh, some some uh, things that happen through his judgment verse 11 says that Daniel he, he, Daniel says then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire the other beast had been stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time. We're going to find out the details, uh, some of the details of, of this passage uh, and, and this troubling dream that, that Daniel had. But I, I want to stop right here and, and make sure that, that we're looking at this from this understanding or this foundation, that, that God is the revealer uh, of the future. And, and God is the revealer of the future because he knows the future. And he knows the future because the future is in his hands. He directs it. He leads it. He guides it. It belongs. The future belongs to God. And, and to you and I, I, I don't want you to miss the, the, the very foundation of my message this morning. For those of us in, who are pursuing God, who, who have uh, uh, come into that relationship with him, uh, through Jesus Christ. This is an amazing encouragement to you and I. Even though this is a disturbing dream to Daniel, as we read it, I get excited about it because there's some truths today that I believe is something that we need to embrace and hold on to. Number one, th th this is a truth, is, is that the kingdoms and their beasts will come and go. Kingdoms and their beasts will come and go. Uh, this interpretation over Daniel's dream is much like the interpretation if we go back to uh, Daniel chapter 2 where Nebuchadnezzar has has a uh, a dream about a statue and each each part of that statue the, the head was made of gold the, the breast of silver the 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 belly was of bronze and the legs were of iron remember each one represented coming kingdoms another future look coming kingdoms and and uh, uh, in, in in that thinking Daniel 2, in the interpretation, if we look in verse 17, uh, when, when Daniel asked, what does this mean? The answer was, the four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. So each beast that we see uh, are, are actually kings that are coming. Let, let's go through those. Uh, uh, when we think about 
the lion with the wings of an eagle. I believe Daniel was able to identify easily uh, who this was. This was Babylon itself. Babylon is still kingdom and rule, but, but Nebuchadnezzar himself actually is the one that Daniel spent most of his time with. 40 years of Nebuchadnezzar's uh, reign. And, and uh, I, I found especially something uh, uh, very interesting concerning the, the tearing off of the wings and, and legs becoming like a man, and especially a mind like a human. Uh, I could see and understand that being Nebuchadnezzar in this fact that God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, you might say tore his wings off and, and then he began to have a mind of a human humbled and, and uh, absolutely changed. And, and from, from Babylon, there goes other beasts that were, that were to come. Uh, the next one is seen as a bear. The next one, uh, which is uh, seen as King Darius coming into uh, that Babylon. And now it's under the, the rule of, of the Medes and Persians. And then after that, Greece, uh, represented by the leopard with the four heads and four wings. Greece comes in, and especially uh, some see that as Alexander the Great and his swift, uh, not only uh, convincing conquest, but the swift, how swiftly and, and, and what a great territory uh, that Alexander the Great uh, conquered on behalf of Greece. And then followed by that, the terrifying beast that no other animal was able to be likened to him. With, with the iron teeth and, and the, the bronze claws is seen to be Rome uh, up to that time. The message overall, because next what we see is, is this throne room scene, is that, that each of these beasts, seemingly powerful kingdoms, uh, will not stand before the Ancient of Days. Not, and, and this is a, 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 a realization that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, received so long ago but now uh, in this dream uh, we're reminded that God is the one who rules and through each of how no matter how beastly they were no matter in their rule how how vicious they were how how out of control they might even seemingly be God is in control uh, in in that verses uh, 11 and 12 the the fourth beast that was so terrifying it, it it is slain and thrown into the abyss uh, or into the pit. And, and the other kingdoms are absolutely subdued. They, they, they still exist, but they, their authority is stripped from them. And what's interesting, if you have time, read Revelation chapter 13. There is an image of a beast that's described. And it's just interesting to see how Daniel had this vision of beast, but so did John. Later on in Revelation that speaks and we look at today and we wonder, well, what is happening? I think the same kind of interpretation uh, happens when we look at it. Uh, the truth that continues, it, this, this truth about God being in control is, is continuing on today. I want us to know and understand, maybe see this vision as well, that in this world there are kingdoms, there are nations, and there are beasts that lead uh, each of these, uh, even though it says that God puts them in their place, we need to understand and know that that these kingdoms uh, are on are, are limited time wise. Uh, they they will not last forever. Even though they're powerful, they will not last. That's that's the first encouragement. Um, 
The second encouragement comes uh, to the fact of what kingdom will be eternal, and that's God's kingdom is eternal. I want to go back and think about Daniel here just a little bit, the one who's authoring this, the one who had this this vision, or this vision, and also interpreted that uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream back in Daniel chapter two. Uh, as a young man, he was taken from his home, the kingdom of Judah, God's kingdom. He and and when he left Jerusalem, he saw a Jerusalem that had been besieged. So there's damage. There's there's terrible things happening there. Uh, the king has fallen, and 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 uh, his his own family is being separated, and and other things are taking place. And that's his last image of the kingdom he knew and loved, and the temple where he worshipped. He was leaving that behind, and he was going into a. A, a nation that is ungodly, a king that would even have, you know, as, as we've seen, that, that would not only promote other gods, but even promote himself as God. As we see, as he threatened the other three young men that he was with, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, the, the thing is, is that, that Daniel was discouraged in, in being in a place away from home, never thinking, I'm, I'm never going to return again. What, what encouragement could Daniel have seen in, in the interpretation he gave to Nebuchadnezzar uh, to talk about, hey, there's kingdoms to come, oh God. There's kingdoms, you know, your kingdom, the golden kingdom, then there are the breast, the, the silver breast, the bronze, and it, it, again, it would be Medo-Persia and, and Greece and, and Rome. Hey, they're coming. And, and then there's going to be a cut stone, not by human hands. And it's going to strike the feet. And all those, that statue, all those kingdoms, I mean, they're just going to disintegrate. They're no longer going to exist. And then that stone becomes a great mountain. And here's what, what uh, Daniel interpreted in chapter 2, verse 44. He said, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure. He's speaking about God's eternal kingdom. And, and so from all these, these kingdoms, God's kingdom is going to be eternal. Do you think that was encouraging to Daniel? Then, then let's move forward to today's text where he has a, a dream where he is... Uh, where, where it definitely is troubling seeing all these beasts, and especially he, he even questions, well, what about that force beast? What about the horns? Because that was the most terrifying to him. But, but in this passage, and I did not read this part, I like to turn to that now, is verses 13 and 14. This followed after that throne room scene, after these four uh, kingdoms, four kings are removed then, then what do we see? But listen, just listen to 13, 14. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples in every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. We see in chapter 2, God speaks about an eternal kingdom. 
Now in, in Daniel's, he's seen uh, you know, all these kingdom rulers that are beastly. Now he's seeing one who is taking the, the throne and is an eternal king. We, we know that, that uh, David's promise was that his king was going to be eternal. What was going through Daniel's mind when he saw the destruction and, and the laying out of Judah? No more kingdom of Judah and, and being taken into captivity. Now, how is it possible for the fulfillment of that eternal throne? I think the answer comes here. In, in this one who looks like the Son of Man, who approaches the, son of the, the, the Ancient of Days, was sent by him and was given him the, the sovereign power over all nations, all peoples of every language, and, and all of them worship him. That's Jesus. It's Jesus. You know what? Our encouragement will, will today and ever be Jesus. Isn't that right? Uh, and and, and for, for, for Daniel to be able to see and know this, it's going to be an eternal kingdom. It's coming. It's going to be an eternal king. And, and he is coming. Actually, he has come. Uh, you see, Jesus, when he came, fulfilled uh, just this very passage. He ushered in this kingdom that is working and existing in the world today. It came and ushered in by Jesus. And when he left, it, it is it is laid upon the church we are are god's kingdom working in this world we have work to do and and thinking about that we have a, a task we have a responsibility and and that is to shine that light is to represent him and we talk about that often but but that kingdom is working in this world today and and yes in the midst of all the other kingdoms and the beastly leadership that that's all around but but there is coming a king when he returns he is gathering his children his people his servants he's gathering his kingdom people together and then the that kingdom will be fully realized the the kingdom that's eternal what what encouragement is that to you <laughs> I, I i i listen to this and i i think about this god's kingdom exists today we're part of it if you're in Jesus, connected through Christ, been covered in his blood, and, and you belong to God, you're part of that kingdom. So our future, that's laid out in the scripture clearly, because at the end of all things, God wins. His kingdom exists. Every other kingdom and their beastly leaders are gone. So, so our future makes a difference in how we live today. It it ought to always be on our mind about our future and what we live for and, and the direction that, that is most important to us. I'm going to say it again, most important to us. It's not about our, our retirement funds. It's not about uh, our, our hobbies and, and other interests. Uh, those are good and fine. But our primary focus, what ought to be most upon our heart is, is the future that God has intended for us. It is eternal, is everlasting. Now, in this world, I, I will tell you, in this world, I look around and I, I can tell you of beastly nations. We think about North Korea and the threats they have made and, and, and numerous other kingdoms and nations that are in this world that makes us feel unsettled. We even think about our own nation. I would say there are politicians who are beastly. And I, I will say that I believe that beastliness is according to anyone who, who rejects God's sovereignty and is not living according, is not following the, that sovereignty of God. And, and they are established and they are there and, and, they think they, they, and they believe that they are absolutely powerful. And they are. 
They have a power, but it lasts. It, is, it, it will not last. It is temporary. God's kingdom that's working in this world, no matter how it's threatened, no matter even the, the uh, uh, persecution, it will continue to last and, and be strengthened and continue to grow until uh, Jesus returns and, and takes us home. It is the one. So, so I, I see Daniel looking and thinking, man, there are some beasts to come. There's some difficulties and even worried about that fourth beast, which, which is, is Rome. And, and you think about some of the great persecutors there, that Nero and, and, and other kings that did terrifying things to Christians. Um, and, and so he was terrified about that. But towards the end of the chapter, uh, chapter 7, he, he just repeats it actually in a couple of places. So I encourage you to read chapter 7 again. But in verse 26, he says, he says, but the court will set and, it, and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. That's, that's from the beast and, and, and for those nations that come. Verse 27 says, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the, to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. People, that's our conclusion. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel is able to see the great conclusion. Now it's a difficult story in between. Absolutely, we can't expect uh, just wonderful things to be happening every day because we're God's people, because he's made it very clear there are gonna be beasts in this world, and they are going to make decisions and go directions and take action, and it's gonna affect you and I. Uh, what, what beastly people do, those who are ungodly, those who, who uh, have their own agenda, not God's. And so, in part, we pray. In part, we continue to, to act on behalf of the kingdom and live our lives and do what? Pursue holiness. Pursue a way to be honored. I think live like Daniel. Always be mindful about what is it that's going to be honoring of God and stay away from the things that's dishonoring and, and to love and be a light to the people around us so that they might come to know the God who has eternity in his hands, right? Knowing the future is our advantage because it's laid out. It's laid out. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you that uh, you are God, Lord, and you've laid out your word for us so, so that we can understand. We can be excited about the future, even amidst all the ugliness of this world, uh, the, the unrest right now in our own society, the, the such great division between parties. And Lord, if we're looking, we know that there are, there are beasts out there who just need to know who you are, who need to come to an understanding to where they uh, could come to a right mind and worship you as, as well. We know in the great conclusion, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord. But help us, Father, in this day to be encouraged, to know that, Lord, you're the one who owns the future, and, and we belong to you. And that is our great advantage. So we praise you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.